How do you get tender beef? You need animals that are not stressed. That's why we're not feeding cattle with hormones. We're not using Yonophore. We're not using antibiotics. But we're not going to push the animal in order not to stress it. We want the animal to have a good life. The average American consumes about 57 pounds of beef each year. For many of us, beef truly is what's for dinner. But do you ever stop to think about where that beef comes from, how the cows were treated, and what the cows were fed? After this episode, you will. I'm David Zelsky, and this is the Fork in the Road podcast, featuring the stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Today, we're in Georgia's third largest city, Augusta. But we're not here to play golf or learn about James Brown. No, today we're entering the world of FPL Food, the leading family-owned producer of fresh beef in the Southeast. You know, the agriculture industry in Georgia is a strong um, and uh, you know we, we feel like we're bringing even more strength to the to the ag to the Georgia ag industry uh, with with the with the cattle feeding business that we're doing the uh, the support we give local farmers with with feed for our cattle that we that we uh, feed here in uh, in uh, Georgia um, the, you know the, the additional farms, the uh, genetic piece that we're bringing to uh, to the southeast and, and specifically into Georgia adds a lot of value to the uh, to the uh, Georgia ag industry, and and uh, we're we're extremely happy to be a part of it. Uh, the state of Georgia and the agriculture department has been extremely supportive of the things we've done over the years, um, and we continue to do and the growth we have planned. So we're excited to be a part of it and happy to be here. Now that doesn't sound like your run-of-the-mill cattle farm, does it? Nope, and as Jim Rogers, president of FPL Food alluded to, they do a whole lot more than just own some cows and send them off to be processed into beef. The business school word for this is vertical integration. The, the vertical integration is important because you control, you control everything about it, right? You control from the genetics, um, selecting uh, the right cows and bulls to, uh, to provide calves for the program, uh, through the feeding, the raising, growing the crops, the you know to feed the cattle, the processing facilities, all the way through to finished cut steaks that show up in a in a Publix grocery store, right? I mean, that, we control it all from 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 the idea all the way to the finished product. It takes a lot of people and a lot of care to raise, feed, and process beef with control over the entire workflow. And at FPL Food, it all starts at the top with the founder. Francois Leger. I have a passion for the meat business. Raised on a farm in France, Francois has worked in the beef industry for almost 40 years, not just as a farmer in France, but also in Australia, South America, and now here in Georgia. And uh, uh, we initially, we were just a cow and bull business, so uh, not very much oriented toward high quality, but more toward ground beef. And uh, um, I saw an opportunity to feed cattle in the southeast, especially with the heat and the rain we have here. And uh, Georgia 
in my opinion, is very friendly to agriculture. For us in the southeast, if we wanted to build a high quality program in terms of uh, beef, there was not another way but doing it ourselves. Because everything that I've heard so far in the country was it's impossible to feed cattle in the southeast. And uh, so we had to prove that it is possible to feed cattle in the southeast. And Francois has proven that over and over again. Want proof? I asked the general manager, Colin, about the number of cows on this farm. All the feed yard cows are the cows that are the cattle that are in the feed yard. There's 10,800, I believe. 10,800 total cattle here? Well, see, total it would be if you count the mama cows, which brings it all the way up to 11 plus, 11,000 plus. Say that kind of in a sound bite. <laughs> okay, total head on this facility counting the mama cows is 11,500. When a consumer buys uh, a piece of uh, a meat, or he buys a ribeye, a tenderloin, or a strip, or whatever piece of meat, he wants two things. He wants it to be tender, and he wants it to be flavorful. And that's what we're looking for. And um, how do you get tender beef? You need animals that are not stressed. That's why we are not feeding cattle with hormones or added hormones. We're not using Yonophore. We're not using antibiotics. And uh, if an animal gets sick, we will treat the animal. We will give him antibiotics, but we're going to separate this animal. We're going to continue to feed it, but it's going to be a different network. 90% uh, of the animals that are fed here, there are no hormones and antibiotics. We do not push them too hard in, uh, in their daily ration. And, uh, and we try to be a non-stress environment for them. And I think we're quite successful at that. And this has a lot of influence on the tenderness of the meat. A low-stress environment and controlling the cattle's intake, that is how FPL Food produces high-quality meat. Let's go back to Jim real quick. Talk about working with uh, Francois and his, his vision of this place. Well, you know, and that's one of the, I'm, I'm relatively new with FPL, a little over a year now, but that's what brought me to FPL was the vision of building this vertically integrated, um, sustainable beef program that, uh, that really no one else in the Southeast can do or is doing. And really I've been around a, a, a number of places and you don't see it anywhere really in the United States from this scale at this level of what Francois is building here. In my opinion, sustainability is good agricultural practices. What does it mean? It means that what you take to the land, you bring back to the land. That's what it means. You leave, basically, the philosophy is we come, we find the place. When we leave, we leave the place the way we found it or in better shape. Um, because we choose to have barns and we choose also uh, uh, to have cattle on dry bed pack, we produce a lot of manure. 
And uh, so we've hired an environmental company to help us to calculate what on a year base, what we take out from the land and what we need to bring back. But bringing back, it's not only bringing fertilizers. The real, uh, uh, the real deal is you need to bring the organic matter. You need to bring back the organic matter that you're going to take out of the land. And uh, so here, how do we do that? Um, we spread uh, every three times a year. We spread a lot of manure on our land, um, which has allowed us, you know, after three years we've been doing this, we've been able to measure that uh, our production of corn per acre in silage has increased by five tons per acre. Sustainability, good agricultural practices. FPL is growing the corn, feeding the cows, and returning nutrients to the soil by way of the manure. Remember that business school word? Say it with me, vertical integration. So this is our bed pack here that we take out of the barns and we windrow it and we have a machine over there hooked to that tractor and um, it'll turn that windrow. So we turn that windrow every other day and the compost, the, the manure breaks down into compost and then we're added up, we end up with this real, real dense product which is here on our last windrow and we'll uh, apply that to the land and basically put the nutrients back into the land. Um, in order to help us grow a more fertile crop of corn silage. If we didn't have this land and if we didn't take care of this land, uh, we wouldn't be here very long, right? So, so being good stewards of the land and good stewards with our, of our neighbors um, and making sure we're, we're doing things properly environmentally and, and um, controlling you know, runoff, for example, the runoff from, from our operations here with the cattle uh, is controlled. It, it, you know, any, any kind of uh, runoff goes into retention ponds uh, where it's held and, and the solids naturally separate from the fluids and, and uh, don't end up in, you know, local streams or, or waterways. So um, that's important to us. We need to be good stewards of, of our land, our neighbors, our, our cattle, and and our people and everything that, that goes into making our business what it is. Um, and without that, you know, we, we're not gonna be around long. So, so we, have to, we have to maintain, you know, the, the proper standards and do what we're supposed to do. Yeah, so uh, a lot of corn. Yeah, so this is our second crop of corn silage for the year. We planted roughly about 220 acres here at the farm and we cut all this for corn silage, it's forage for, our, for all the cattle on the farm. And we do two crops a year of this, and it takes about, about 110 days for the crop to be complete. FPL Food does have to buy some of the corn they feed the cattle, but again, sustainability is the name of the game. So one thing that is very important about the, the feed that we give to our animals, we grow minimum 50% of the feed that we are giving uh, to our uh, cattle here. So our uh, feeding capacity here, Black Angus, is uh, 15,000 heads uh, annually. And um, we feed, we grow 50% of the feed that they're gonna eat on that farm. And the rest, we're gonna buy uh, hay from the outside, and we're gonna buy corn, uh, corn grain, 
and uh, that we're going to flake. And we are the, to our knowledge, we are the only corn flaker East Mississippi. And definitely uh, the, only, the only feedlot of this kind in the Southeast. All right, now let me explain corn flaker. Okay, this doesn't mean cornflakes like at the grocery store, so let me share some scientific details with you for a second. Steam flaking is the process of adding increased moisture and heat over time to soften the grain. Steam flaking increases the surface area of the grain, it improves starch digestibility, and ultimately enhances ruminant performance. In turn, this results in improved growth performance in cattle. And no, I didn't know that off the top of my head. I am reading this off a script. So the reason why we, um, we have a corn flaker, it's to eliminate waste. And uh, we, um, if you feed uh, uh, corn directly to an animal, it's going to reject part of it. When you feed corn flake, you improve the assimilation of the energy. And uh, so the cattle will digest it better and will digest 100% of it. And um, you're not going to waste. So we saved 20% corn like that in volume. And that's why we use uh, um, a corn flaker. We, cattle feeding, we want, we have, we do not want to overfeed the cattle. We do not want to push them hard. We want to have daily gain around 2.5, 2.7, around the life of the animal. But we're not going to push to the animal in order not to stress it. We want the animal to, be, to have a good life. And um, that's number one. Number two, we're trying to uh, control our feed and also control the quality of the feed that we buy. As we grow 50% of it and we grow all our silage, we're able here uh, to control that quality. Then we, uh, uh, we do not want to waste the feed. And uh, that's why a corn flaker is a good practice. And also we use uh, other, uh, you know, uh, uh, products that we buy. Sometimes we buy, uh, you know, peanut hole or uh, gene trash or whatever is available in the area, you know, and uh, that we can add to the ration. So basically we got all these bays which we store our commodities. We got the stillers grains, we got hay, we got flake corn, we got silage. We add all these ingredients into our batcher which incorporates them all together, comes out on the conveyor, into the feed truck, feed truck delivers it to the cattle. This is, uh, tell me what room we're in and why it's important. So this is our micros room. This is where we mix all our micro minerals for each batch of feed that we feed to our cattle. Um, this is highly important because it's minerals and we feed the precise amount of minerals to each group of cattle on a daily basis. Also here on this computer we're able to track all our feed usages and we're able to see any discrepancies and uh, correct any discrepancies. Yep, there's a whole lot of science involved in making sure this cattle can be turned into tender and tasty steaks. Now let's talk to Elizabeth. 
So I work with the procurement of the feeder cattle into the feed yard and making sure that we have all of the right genetics coming in, the head counts are correct, the condition of the cattle, they're healthy and sound when they come off a truck, as well as following up with all of the correct paperwork to ensure the cattle are all natural. So affidavits and health certificates and transport paperwork. Okay, when we say natural when it comes to cattle, explain what makes it natural. So our definition of all natural is the cattle have never received antibiotics in their lifetimes, have never had growth implants or other added hormones, have never been fed ionophores or other animal byproducts or feed additives. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand all that goes into, mm -hmm. you know, they see the cattle out there and figure they're just eating the grass, but there's a lot more that goes into it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what is, uh, how important is that, uh, you know, taking care of these, these cattle? Um, how important is the, the care and every day watching over them to the final product that you get? The care is our utmost number one important thing that we take care of every day. So we have about four to five pen riders is what we call them. And they spend all day, every day on horseback, in vehicles, checking fences, checking water troughs and, and looking after the cattle. So what we do is we play zones is how I'll call it. So every pen rider has their own zone. So they have their certain pens that they are responsible for every day. And they go check those cattle twice a day. If the water trough is leaking, they fix it. If an animal is sick, we treat an animal on case by case basis. And then we record that on paper and we record it in our computer system because every animal has an electronic ID tag in its ear. And when we process them, they run through that EID reader and we have a light that's green or red and it'll flash at us. So if it's green, the animal has never been treated. And if it flashes red, we know it's been treated and we sort that animal separately because they have received antibiotics in their lifetime and cannot go for our all natural cattle, but we can market them a different way. So we start at 6.30 in the morning and we, we call feed for the morning feeding. We go around every pen and check, make sure they've got feed and water make sure they're fed appropriate, whether they're going to need more or going to need less for the day. Uh, and then we go to the, um, the feed mill and make sure everything's up and running over there. We mix feed on a daily basis. Uh, we flake corn on a daily basis. Uh, after that, then we go through uh, each individual pen, check all the animals in the, in the pen, make sure they're all healthy, no sickness. If any sickness, they're treated accordingly. Um, then we've processed cattle that have come in from various parts of the United States, if we've received any, and um, walk through them, identify them, and put them in the recording place. And then, early afternoon, we get to do it all again, basically call feed again, make sure all the cattle have access to fresh feed and water, and then feed them again for the, the afternoon feeding, and that's enough to sustain them till the, till the morning. There is a lot of work, care, and science involved in the process here at FPL Food, and this all culminates in the kitchen. Uh, my name is Todd Schaefer. My restaurant's Abel Brown. Um, I'm in Augusta, Georgia. We've been open since 
2014. So the reason why I use this is nostalgic. It's, um, I think it's really how beef used to be raised. Now, you know, feedlots produce, that the companies produce cattle that the ribeyes are 12 to 15 pounds minimum for ribeyes. And so it makes the eye, which is here, so much bigger, so it's impossible to cut a fat steak without it being, you know, 30 ounces. So I think th th this is, you know, as steaks have gotten bigger, it's been harder to set, harder to cut ribeyes. But now these are grown more, I guess, kind of old school. They're not, they're not force fed with tons and tons of antibiotics or chemicals or anything like that. They're just very naturally raised. And so they're more um, in line with what I would want to use. Plus the marbling is great. Let's say you went to a big box store to get a New York strip. It might be this wide. And so, because it's so much bigger, you know, they uh, generally a whole New York strip from a major producer weighs 14 pounds. This weighed nine. And so it's, it's got all the marbling, but the flavor is much more, um, I don't want to say condensed, but definitely much more um, robust. I don't know what the word, it's just, they're more delicious. I think because you can tell also that they were raised with care. Um, you know, there's not, they're not forced or anything. They just kind of are naturally raised. <clears throat> and this is what cattle used to look like I don't know, 20 years ago. I'm going to trust the professional chef knows what he's talking about because these steaks look amazing. Again, I can't say enough about a steak that's that big because that's about this, you know, I'm not kidding. This is a ribeye from the seventies. This is what they used to look like. And now, I mean, they're this big, you know what I mean? They're huge. So I think this is, it, it, it allows us to give a better quality piece of beef um, and, and really, even though it is, it's not packaged, it's a better package. You know, it just, it's concise, it's tight. Um, it's great. I don't know what else to say. There is really nothing else to say, Todd. For high quality meat, every single detail has to be just right. The feed, the care, the land, the people, and the passion. If you enjoyed this episode on FPL Food in Augusta, there's plenty more content just like it. You can watch A Fork in the Road on GPB TV or anytime on the gpb.org website. That's where you'll also be able to listen and subscribe to this podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. I'm David Zelski. Thanks for listening to A Fork in the Road. This podcast is made possible in part by Georgia Grown. Yeah.